Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. Do it. <laughs> oh, that's a Bill O'Reilly joke there. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, Jay, how are you? <laughs> Great. Some people are probably really sad. Um, yeah, I think it is newsworthy, but that's not the news we're talking about, are we? No. Uh, you actually are staring at your phone probably with a news article. I am. You started talking about it before I hit record. And I'm like, stop talking about it. Stop Save talk. it. I kept talking, kept reading. I actually didn't read this, but I was listening to it today. Well, so I listen to talk radio occasionally when I'm not on a podcast. But I was listening to KFI, which is a local. AM 640? AM 640 Radio. News fast. Were you listening to John and Ken or John Bill Handel? Bill Handel on um, Law. Morning. I like that. Okay. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's a crazy, really <laughs> rude person, but like I enjoy that. He's an addict. Coke addict. Yeah, 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 yeah. He talks about recovery. Yeah. But he's also not religious, though, right? That guy's like he's super Jewish. Angry. He's Jewish. Yeah. Not the same thing. Okay, so uh, what they shared. Uh, I don't think he's quite religious, but I think he, yeah, yeah. he's Jewish by tradition probably. That's, yeah, not. he talks about that. Yeah. But anyway, so I was listening, and they t- uh, snippet all weekend. I felt like all we talked about was recovery. I lost a loved one um, this last week, and then also spoke in our ward, local ward conferences. So I felt like literally it's been a nonstop topic. And then to hear it on the news first thing in the morning, um, it said this. Death, <clears throat> this is a little snippet they gave. Deaths due to alcohol and drugs are on a rise in Orange County, according to the new report. Overdoses have increased by 80% since 2000. Now, it's increased way more in the United States, but just in Orange County alone. So 80%. Orange County, there's like TV shows based on this place where people we live. Like, it's supposed to be. Like, right? Like people like will pay astronomical prices to live here yeah. where we live, right? Like it's, Here's to get this. So it gets even worse. Says the case, Orange County goes way into Anaheim. It goes deeper mm-hmm. away from the ocean. But it says county reports show that drugs overdose have killed over uh, 1,769 Orange County residents over the last five years. In 2000, this is just Orange County. In 2016, more than 400 fatal deaths um, due to overdoses were reported. More than two thirds of those involved opiates. And then it talks about the opiates, which is painkillers. Um, cities along the coast. And South Orange County have the highest rates of hospitalization and overdoses. And then it says, uh, anyway, so. And if you're, if you're, South Orange County is, like, they call it the orange bubble. Super, like, white picket fence. Just, yeah. it, it's a very nice place to live where problems don't look like they are here. Yeah. And, and people will, like, they, like, yeah, they want to, like I said, they'll sell, the, they want to live here, they covet living here, but obviously there's, it's interesting though when you think about that like why why i guess we don't need to go into that but like why why is there i mean lexi my wife it's definitely perception that everything's perfect yeah i think because met need uh, but my opinion is because the needs are met for so many people we're not we're not hunting for food we're not hunting for food but like also like there's a lot of opportunity here so you could be you can get a really high paid job like depending on who you are and what your field is that then it allows you when you have those needs met, when you got your bills paid, when you got food, you got the nice car, then you start tripping on the things maybe you don't have, or you start overanalyzing, you know, your situation, and you worry about your social, st- you know, you start yeah. to over trip about things that are probably not meant for us to think about all day long, and that's where you see a lot of housewives, children, you know, uh, it usually starts with the kids taking their parents' drugs. 
right? It starts yeah. with them rating their mom's uh, Xanax, you know? And Seems like more, maybe just because of the feed I get, but a lot of, you know, teen, the early 20s are the overdosing. Yeah, so what they do is, well, I've spoken to these high schools, you know, Laguna Beach High School specifically a couple times, and they start off with either surgery of their own or their parents' drug, and then when they get hooked on them, they're young in high school, so they're getting hooked on these opiates that are really expensive, but they're not, they're just stealing them from people so they can get away with it. But then what happens is, is once they leave the home and now they've already created a lot of turmoil and they're getting, they're burning their family and their family's saying, we don't want any more, now they're kicked out on the streets, they can't afford those pills. They may run for a couple more years, but they can't afford it, and so what they do is they'll they'll go on to go. Well, I can't afford afford eighty bucks for a pill for an opioid, so you know. But I can spend thirty bucks and get some black tar heroin, and that's kind of it's not necessarily they. Who thought. knows what it's cut with and yeah, that's why fentanyl. They I mean, that's why we're losing. I mean, nine kids the other day again in one week in four days. Wow. Nine kids under the age of eighteen. It's crazy. Wow. So um, obviously that's crazy and sucks. That's that why we're doing crazy. this. Okay, uh, where you recognize this? Video the church published out. Mm-hmm. Posted on our Facebook page. Probably find on LDS.org. Powerful. Lexi started playing right away, and I wasn't even watching when she was listening. I was just in the background. So I right away specific about addiction. You look at that as a mom. That's yeah, very. If you've been through it, it's very real. Real, I haven't, but just watching, like, you, like, it's a real talk, real video from the church. The church has just been so amazing. I mean, from the 12-step videos to these, I mean, because reality is, like, if you, I mean, I feel the spirit just even when you start playing it, like, when you, uh, when you live through that stuff, I mean, dude, it's, you don't, you the fluffy stuff's not gonna work, man. You need to be called straight out, and you need to feel it like. But that that song is so perfect, like the Sounds spirit. Good. Well, and from a guy that I've never been inebriated, that just scared me. Like, Holy crap! Word of wisdom, super inspired. Lot yeah. of chastities, like I don't want to go near that. You're lucky, man. So the guy baptized me was like that too. That's huh? uh, just saying the guy that baptized me, he was the same way. He said he'd never done a drug or alcohol. But I think this does great on both sides. Like ah. it keeps 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 people like me from like even going near that path and then it gives hope to those that are in it that there's hope and recovery available you're not the only one and, and you're not the only one right the biggest thing for me is like in the church outside the church of course you know you're not the only one right okay. because a lot of my friends are drug addicts but in the church once i became my whole life was a church so my friends outside the church weren't a part of my life it was more it was like i you felt you're a minority in the church you're like man no one's like me you know like i'm mm. the black sheep of this gospel and um, like when we had Xander on earlier, you know, or, or later, he's talking about, uh, you know, like I'd burned some bridges. And so, like, you just think about, yeah, you just say, like, dude, I'm like, I'm not worthy to be in this church. I want to be, but I can't seem to get it together. I, uh, someone on one of the uh, LDS Recovery Facebook pages I've ever posted, like, her, her tone was like, well, we joined the church, and yet we still have this stuff in our family. And she was, like, surprised. I'm like, well— Joining the church means you've made some commitments and you now have to get the Holy Ghost. That's a real thing. And you're yeah. serving other, but life still happens and people still have free agency. And um, But I was that way too, man. When I joined the church, I thought, I like you've heard me share yeah. many times, like I thought going on a mission was going to like give me the blessings of the rest of my life. 
And let alone it did can, I know. it can, yeah, for sure. But little did I know I was going to get hooked to opiates yeah. while I was out what there. Wasn't your plan, was it? Not even close. <laughs> like you know, like not even in the forefront. Like I had worked through so many challenges to get there, and I thought, man, dude, I had sacrificed it all. Like this is going to be it. Like I'll never have to face a challenge again, and I'm just going to go out there and save people and be a part of the Lord's work. And instead, it was like I I found my greatest weakness. Which was good because there was a lot of underlining things I didn't know how to apply and change. So obviously everything happens for a reason. But okay, I want to talk. Last thing on news, it's not really news. Do it live. Sorry. Do it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Rest in peace. We did that a couple podcasts ago. Uh, this I've been talking about this website to you, and I think I've sent you some videos from it. But I just it's not news, but I think it's helpful. It's fairmormon.org. Oh yeah. Uh, and we just were talking to someone about that the other night. And what it is is volunteers, but it's basically the Mormon apologetics. And we don't talk about that much apologetics, Explain but in, Christ- apologetics in Christianity or Jewish apologetics, basically it's defending the faith. So if okay. you're in Jewish apologetics, you're defending why Christ didn't come. Or oh, if you're uh, you know, evangelical apologetics, you're defending creationism. Okay. Um, and so okay, Mormon apologetics is you know, defending Mormonism. So... Okay. And this isn't uh, an LDS uh, It's not sponsored website. by the church. It says at the bottom, no portion of society. Oh, so opinions expressed are uh, the good services offered to Fair Mormon are solely those of Fair Mormon and not rep- necessarily representative of the LDS church. So it's just, yeah, just foundation for ancient apologetic information, foundation for apologetic information research. But what is rad is any, like, any anti-Mormon, and there are people that are just constantly... Oh, coming up them. with new stuff and, and it's same same old stuff and new stuff and for me it's like do I really have to answer like this question again or that question again and then sometimes it feels like it's a new question and you just have you feel dumb maybe asking other members of the church like dude what do you think about this yeah this is a great website to go on fairmormer.org you can yeah, search stoked on that for a you while. can search any topic like polygamy uh, priesthood Women, the priesthood, blacks, the priesthood, like whatever. Totally. Um, you can geek different out. Different accounts. It. The kids would I've, say you could geek out. I've been on geeking it. out. You've been so geeking like, out on that. Yeah, like the last week uh, on my long plane moments, ride. Just like, yeah. like the ver- the different uh, first vision stories. I'm like, well, yeah, that's. At first, you're like, yeah, what? Why is there four or five different versions? And then you like go in and they're like, well, because this one was told to this person. And like the context of it is like, He's not giving the same speech. He's talking to his sister. His it's wife, like, like when I'm talking to these ward council, I'm sharing my yeah. story. Even though there was two hours apart, my second one, I told like a total different version of the same story. Same it, message. It's still your message and your story. 100%. But people that went to those two different two were like, well, no, Jay's making crap up because he, he didn't he, talk about he, this he in the, the first story. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's um, a good way to put it. And so. I thought about it that way. I mean, and I, and I also like, oh, no, I mean. Early days of 1800 life, we can't judge 1800 life. What everything based is based on 2017. But also too, I was thinking too, like even when biblical times, like a lot of these are stories, right? Stories being passed down from yeah. generation to generation, Little and then as someone's memory, they're writing it down, right. right? So it's like other people too. There's a set, we all know we've all played phone, like you know when you're a kid right. and you go in a circle, like how yeah. often do those words come exactly out? Now if you're talking about a message, the point can come across. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I would argue that people are asked to do very difficult things. Leave your family and go to Canada for six. So like, gnarly. Like, so te- gnarly. Sell everything and we're going to move to this, uh, like, walk across the country. 
Dude. Like you'd have some bitter people probably like for sure. I mean, that stuff's not hard. Dude. You get people bitter about going to home teaching yeah. or, or showing up for a Saturday move. Totally. Or they like people will say to us like about coming here every week and how much of sacrifice you're like, well, yeah, in the beginning it was, but now it's not. It's a blessing. And I'm sure there were these saints that went through their thing. Anyways, great website. Yeah, and then they've got a YouTube channel too. So if oh, you'd like to listen. Oh, that's what you said. I sent you one. links for the YouTube, uh, some YouTube talks I thought you'd like. Yeah. So if you like to listen, you like to read, um, you could look up Fair Mormon. There's a conference coming up. I just just read this here, 2017. This is a lot of the videos are from the conferences. So they have like conference, like speaker conferences. Yeah, I if I go come, to one. I'm, I'm pulling up right now as we speak. We go to one together. Um, Didn't you almost take me to one like a while ago, like a year or two, like when we first met? You were going to one, or no? That was just like a religious one. It was something different. Like was it? Was, it? Yeah. There's something in L.A. You almost went to. Anyway, that was a political one. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Do is going really slow right now, so peace, Bill. Uh, it's not pulling up the dates. All right. Uh, but you go on there, you find out the dates. We'll look it up later. Maybe we'll go together. Okay, let's do it. Maybe you'll speak there. Maybe I will speak there on addiction and how it's plagued my soul. And but I'm free soul. and save my soul. All right. Well, that's short news today. We're back. I'm back. We got a great sh- ask the addict, so that's why we got to get. Yeah, to we're gonna we go ask the addict. Xander is coming back on. He was on step. Uh, first time we did step seven. It's first time we did step seven, so, so a little bit ago. We've done second round of step seven. So this was two step sevens ago, 1.7 if you're really paying attention. And so if you're new to the podcast, go listen to 1.7, and then you can hear a little backstory on Xander. And, and remember, we're just a couple guys like doing this thing after the meetings and, and uh, the brainchild of Brad. But so sorry, uh, you know, we did miss a week, but, you know, we're, we're catching up, right? So Hey, the big guys that like the big podcast sometimes miss a week. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. pulled up. I'm like, what? They didn't they do didn't one. one this week. They like must have a life. <laughs> <laughs> what are they Brad tra- was on vacation. Are we traveling? Rightfully so. He needed it. Much deserved. Yes. Yeah, so Aloha, Brad. Very slept deprived. So I'm going to go home and go get some sleep. This guy's awesome. Uh, but leave with this. Please, uh, you've been going on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. been finding it. You've been rating us, hopefully, on Stitcher or iTunes. Give us a rating on there. That does help publicity. And... Uh, post it out there like hey check you know hey folks check out this podcast i've been listening to it was very great you say i've been listening to it for a friend so yeah yeah do that hey my friend who uh, who was struggling with addiction listen to this podcast and these guys are kind of clowny but you might want to listen to them or and then of course always talk about the meeting share it if you've been going to arp or you know about arp or you have a loved one the only way this whole thing works is if you get out there and ask and or invite just like you invite someone to church, invite them to the meeting. I did challenge some people, like if they had questions to reach out to me. I've had two for get meetings set up. Really? So I was then on cool. vacation. I, I need to call them back this week. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, we're here to help serve uh, where we can, but we are busy people. And if we, we delay on getting back to you, I've got a list of ARP to-dos. It's nothing personal. We will get back to you. Yeah. But Brad, Brad's got like a million different hats he's wearing. <laughs> the green one right now. Including the green one right now. That All I right, like. guys. Aloha. Have a good night. Do live. Go to your step. Jam and act. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be sober. Grateful to be alive. To have my wife here with me. Have a good friend of ours with us and who was actually around during uh, my addiction. And uh, it's Ashley over here. And uh, not to put her on spot, but I always say, like, not, not too many people in these rooms ever saw, you know, me when I was in my addiction, when I was taking copious amounts of opiate pills and painkillers and Adderall and Soma and you name it 
I was just a, slurring my words constantly. And I had mood swings where I was super happy and fun to be around. And I had other times where I was a crazy person and very mean. And uh, and that was only Ash, or it was only Lexi. But now I have another person in the room that um, gets to you know to, to to just see the power of this program. And I'm grateful that she's here. I mean, it's interesting that she is here because I, mean, I know I'm talking about you, but it's just like this step nine is like talking about restitution and reconciliation. You know, there was a time where actually right when Lexi had told me that she wanted to, to, a divorce and to split up. Um, Ashley was in Utah with us and we were we were she was right there in the thick of it and we had our son and she was pregnant with our second child you know it was chaos and uh, I'm just great I'm just I'm just grateful to be to, to have done these steps to finally have got honest to had a spiritual awakening to stop lying to myself about my disease and about what my life had become from my own choices and because of that mentality that sometimes we just gain through life, you know, through hard times, we become a victim. Sometimes we really are a victim to things, right? But then to really become a victim is when you start telling yourself that uh, be because all these things have been happened to us, that justifies us not having our agency anymore and not choosing it to serve God and not choosing it to keep the commandments and just kind of let yourself go. And that's what I had done after my mission. And it led years later into my life and I said some hurtful things to my wife, to Ashley, to other people in my life that were just trying to help. And, uh, you know, but I don't have to live like that anymore. And uh, that's what this step's all about is, is, is restitution and reconciliation. And we've read in here and we talked about, we talked about uh, last week about making that, that list. And then this is when you're in this step. If you're not in this step, don't even worry about it right now because it's overwhelming if you're having done step one or two to sit here and talk about like going and forgive that'll get someone to never come back in the meetings again but just trust me that step nine comes when you've done step eight right and you do step eight after you've done step seven you know and so on and so forth and and so but so we're talking about step nine here and it says that when it's time to make restitution you know you follow the spirit you meet with a sponsor you don't just pick up the phone and start calling people left or right. Because I, for the minute I came to the meetings, when I, I didn't feel a spiritual awakening right away. But after I started to, me and Lexi were still separated. And I remember when I, like, three months into it or two months into it, all of a sudden I felt like, oh, my gosh, like, wait, I am an addict. You know, and I just wanted to call her right away and be like, okay, I'm sorry. I had been denying it this whole time. Like, let's just get back together now. Like, it's all good. Like, that's all she wanted to do is, you know, most of our marriage was admit that you're crazy, right? And so I finally wanted to do that. But I tried to do that, and it wasn't the right time. And I would call her, and it didn't work because it wasn't the right time for me to do step nine. I hadn't done step eight. I hadn't done step one yet. I had just done step one, and I thought I was just going to jump to step nine, you know, and start calling people and telling them I'm sorry, you know. And really, was I telling them I was sorry because I was actually sorry, or did I just want something in return? See, my whole life, when I apologized, I thought I was really good at apologizing. Well, I really was. But that's just because I was manipulating you to get back into my life for whatever or because I didn't want to feel guilty. It wasn't really because I was actually sorry. I just didn't want shame and guilt in my life. And I knew I learned in the church once I joined the church, all you got to do is say sorry and you feel free. It's amazing. So I just kept doing bad things and, 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 and reoccurring situations with my, my addiction and mistakes with people and girlfriends and things that it, all I do is say sorry and it would all work out. 
Well, of course, that's not the case, right? I mean, especially when your disease progresses and it gets to a point where you start burning some serious bridges and people don't ever come back, and that's okay. See, through this process, it wasn't just about reaching out to certain people and saying sorry. It was also me learning that like there are some people on my list that I'll never be able to contact because it's just not appropriate. And it just could cause for few, for, you know, more harm than good. But I get to live in amends. And I didn't understand what that meant until I was on this step, that I can live every day. I can wake up, say my prayer, you know, not my rote prayer, but my actual prayer to surrender my will to God and say, I don't want to create another freaking, you know, resentment. I don't want to hurt another person. I don't want someone to hurt me. I don't want to be a victim. I just want to be real with people, and I, I want to be able to make restitution um, today for all these other things that I can't make amends for contacting people. And as I started to do so, uh, I just, I, you know, my life, you know, it just works out. And then you go on to step 10, and it's awesome. Each step proceeds on the next one, and I had a great day, and, you know, now to talk about my day, uh, I didn't have a good day at work as far as, like, you know, I'm in sales, and not every day is great. I'm training someone right now, you know, had a hard life, had a great life, and then had a hard life through choices, right? And, uh, but he's not a member of the church, and he actually <clears throat> is now married to a, a, an active member of the church. And, uh, and we've talked a little bit about the church, but nothing, you know, mainly jokes back and forth. Oh, well, yeah, the Mormons believe this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, born-again Christians believe that, you know, and we go back and forth. Well, out of nowhere today... Man, it got to the point where it got such a deep conversation that I, he pulled out his Bible from the back seat and threw it. We're driving traffic from north, from like Thousand Oaks. He's like, all right, find a scripture to talk about the Godhead and teach me if you actually believe what you say you believe. And dude, I went right to it. I just, boom, I haven't been in the Bible in a long time. I haven't actually thumbed through an actual scripture, you know, not on my phone. And it's like, boom, boom, I knew exactly where to go. And the spirit was so strong. And... Uh, I just shared about my whole conversion story to him. And uh, and here's someone who uh, I've had a lot of judgment towards, you know, and uh, in a business standpoint and maybe in life. And uh, the Spirit uh, taught me today that, uh, you know, see people as they are and they'll always be that way. But if you see them as they can become, they can become whoever they're supposed to be. And don't view them as their weaknesses. And it felt so good to feel a Spirit so strong, share but this man who's 20 years older than me about my conversion story, he has all the same questions I had that I had when I was 18. Where do we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? Who's God the Father? Who's Jesus Christ? Who, you know, he has all the same questions. And um, so I'm wondering if any of it sank in, right? And then I meet someone here at, at, at the church right from work after being gone since six and come straight to here. And then we do some step work and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm wondering kind of in the back of my mind, did that even go anywhere? Or did I, is that all for me? Because sometimes it's all for you when you share the gospel, which is fine. And then I get a text message. Thanks for your, <laughs> thanks for the conversation. I always wondered about the Godhead versus the Trinity. How many pastors preach in churches and don't know the answer by their own research? Good stuff. I know for a fact if I didn't choose to get sober four and a half years ago or four years ago, and if I didn't choose to do step one and step two, and step, that conversation today wouldn't have happened, period, because I would have been all in my disease. I would, probably wouldn't even have a job anyway, so none of it would have happened. But uh, 
I don't have to be that way anymore. And the takeaway from that is that your past is your past. Be where you are today. And whatever step you're on, don't put it off. Complete that step. If that's not even, you haven't even done step one, then do, then take one of these manuals home, go home and read the, you know, what, eight paragraphs, and then maybe answer some questions and see if, you know, maybe you want to make a change in your life. If you do that, I know your life will change for the better. And uh, get a sponsor and keep coming back. And I'm so grateful this meeting is full right now. Um, it's all we want is this room to be full so we can fill another room up because there's so many people that are in so much pain. And anyways, we have the solution here. We have everything that we need to not feel guilty or shame. I love you guys and I'm grateful to be sober today and to be alive. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Where were you in the Ask the Attic section? What's uh, first where you were? I was in Hawaii, and I told I planned on uh, bringing the mic and recording an Ask the Attic in Hawaii. That's right. That's right. I reached out to LDS Family Services, and I had someone lined up, but he was on another island when I was there near his meeting in Laie. Um, and then I I can't remember what we did on the other. It just didn't work out. Didn't work out. You had a good time though. Wonderful time. The people of Hawaii showed a lot of aloha. And we actually have a special guest here on the podcast tonight that's actually been on here before. Uh... Aloha, oi. Oh! Yeah, both of you boys. Oh, it, both of you boys have lived in Hawaii. Yep. Yeah. Yes, we have. That's why it's a special podcast tonight. We could talk all all we about talk Hawaii. All Hawaii. Local Chaim, brother. I, I will tell you, I was in a yoga class at uh, Sunset Community Sunset Community Center. You did yoga while in Hawaii? Oh, twice. Gosh, oh no. no. Uh, I only did it once. My wife did it a few times. Yeah, it's like right next door. Well we were done. Staying. Well done, sir. Walked over. Be, uh, the lady was kind of boring. If she's listening to this, get Ooh. some music. I guess I'm used to lifetime yoga. Okay, where yeah, where it's, it's pretty intense. It's amazing. Like they're power like, yoga, music. Yeah, it's a whole, whole deal. And so this lady was, she was good. Yeah. Um, and I was happy that she wasn't correcting me as much as other people. Yeah. Um, she did stay away from the the old man in the speedo that was doing yoga. Was that you? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old, and I was not in a speedo. You're old, but you probably didn't have a speedo on. Uh, <laughs> but but right next door was a 12 step meeting. Really? And so like the doors were all open, and I was like just kind of like peering in. You felt like you were part of the. Crew. I was like those are homies over there. Like yeah, and yeah. I could see them leaving after. Guaranteed, just, they they like were just in board shorts, no shoes. Oh, for sure. Like maybe probably tank not top shirts. shirts. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, that's how yoga was too. There was <laughs> there was not as much Lululemon at that yoga. A little different, right? A little different. Xander, you you were you lived in Hawaii for a while, right? Yeah, a couple years. A couple years. How'd that go? It was great, man. It's some of the, some of my my best times. You had an AA out there? Did you hit any meetings out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, down in Haleiwa. Haleiwa um, town, her, church down down there, but definitely a different experience. But the so, ARP in Haleiwa? No, AA. Oh, AA. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a uh, currently two meetings in Laie. And that and that's on Oahu. On a, uh, there's some in Waikiki and another part of the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know that uh, I was it could be all over like every yeah, building sure. should have one I yeah think there's enough uh need for it so xander well, you back. were on step seven when we had you on here last time you remember that yes i do yeah humility high high praises on that our mic's much better so they're going to hear your man voice much better on this one good and your wife's gonna forgive me for keeping you here late. I hope so. Tonight we're recording late, late night. Late night. And if you're listening, court, we love you. And I've got like two hours of sleep. Huh? So yeah, two hours. Yeah, that's right. You flew back last luckily, night. Luckily, it's only six o'clock. Of like I, I texted Brad room. today midday. I was like, let's go surf. I'm like cold water therapy because I obviously knew you just got back from Hawaii, and he said no way. Period. That was I it. was just no text. My eyes. <laughs> no text back. No way. <laughs> I didn't even bug him. So it's 6 that? o'clock Hawaii time, time to go to Papa Ole's? Yeah, it's time to go Yes, crunch I should down. have gone to Papa Ole's when I was yeah. there. Uh, we were just getting our sunset surf session in. Not at Sunset Beach, but as the sun was setting. Nice. Um, but we did have wonderful food, wonderful people. Good to be back, though. Uh, our meeting tonight was, was amazing. That was an amazing meeting. Yeah, what step are we on tonight? When we're, talking we're, about? we're talking step nine, restitution and reconciliation. Nice. And I The have forgiveness step where you're out there asking for forgiveness. This, seek, yeah, seek this is the one where you're actually going out and making restitution. That's right, yeah. Do you have any memories of, like, one? You don't need to name names, but any, any, any one of those you were just, I did not want to go seek restitution or forgiveness from somebody? I ha- yeah, I have a, I have a lot. I, I think talk about one. I think one that, I, that one that I'm, I'm that comfortable talking about would just probably be with, with my mom. Um, probably both my parents. And I'd done like a, I'd caused a lot of wreckage, a lot of a lot of hurt. So go back and listen to episode seven to hear more about Xander's story. Yeah. But yeah, but, keep going. But my uh, I remember my parents, like when I finally came to them and said, like, hey, I need help. They, um, you know, they didn't really know where to turn. But, you know, I, I ended up having to check into a, a rehab facility. And part of that rehab facility, my parents would come in. I think it was about two weeks into it. And they would um, we would do meetings with like the counselor, me and my mom and the counselor, me and my dad and the counselor. And. And so my parents kind of started working a program as well and um, and learning the steps and, and learning how, how – learning basically what I was doing. And I remember feeling like I've caused a lot of pain and a lot of heartache to my parents, and I had to ask them for forgiveness. And, and of course, my parents forgave me, um, but I think the best way that, that I can make a, amends or, or have restitution and rec- reconciliation is, is a living amends, just basically – Working my program, staying sober, and and being part of the solution in my family, than, than instead of being the problem. Seems like that. I mean, from a non-addict's perspective, Jay, you mentioned about seeking forgiveness frequently. People, people who I just don't believe you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you said sorry so many times, or maybe there's been some relapses. Well, they, have re- but they have reason to not believe you, like 100. percent And and when and it's hard to judge. Like, are you really serious this time, yeah. or like how serious are you? Right. And I would I I, I don't know. And so you have to you're going to be a little cautious as the one that you're seeking forgiveness from. And yet on your side, you're like, no, now I'm really serious. And you only you know, in your own heart, whether you were or not. I think even in, I think even in the times when I had relapsed or I think I was serious. I think I okay. just, yeah, you were sincere. I, I was sincere. It just I hadn't worked the previous eight steps. OK. And um but I was sincere. I was sincere in the fact that, like, I was sorry for what I had done, and I didn't want to do, do that. Do you anymore. mean you were seeking forgiveness before working the steps? Guaranteed. So, okay. Yeah, because I, I sincerely felt bad. But the reality is, is that until you work the first eight steps, like, you shouldn't be doing the ninth step. Okay. Why? So. Okay, Jay. What about you? Anybody stands out to you that that was just really hard on seeking direct restitution? Well, there's quite a few, but um, 
a lot of them were with past relationships, which I'm glad I had a sponsor when I worked this step because there were a couple of people that I wrote down that, you know, I found out like if I'm good, I good thing I had a sponsor. I did the program and read the actual step before I just went out there and made amends and tried to make uh, reconciliation with people because it says that there's some uh, if it could cause further harm, it's not appropriate, right? And so a lot of mine were with past relationships with uh, females who are married now and who have their family of their own, and it's not always appropriate. There has been a few where I was able to make amends, but for the most part. Uh, I'm just glad I had that counsel and that wisdom. So there's not really one that sticks out. I think more so is that living amends. That was the big thing from this step that. Which have you found because of your breaking anonymity and you're pretty vocal on social media? Have you had those? You haven't had to go to them directly because it would be probably awkward. Yeah, but I think I think they get it. Like I think a lot of them, maybe if they did still have pain, hopefully they see that they see all that we're doing in recovery, like in, in the church and like because a lot of them are members of the church yeah. and then seeing that. Uh, like, you know, I'm not doing this because it's self-righteousness. I'm doing it because, like, I feel like I owe it to all these people, you know. And I actually just had a recent one. Actually, you know what? I can't say who it was to, but it was uh, to a friend that's related to a friend. And I found out about this uh, this person, and, and I, I looked her up, and I, I actually wrote her amends on Facebook and on a messenger. And it was uh, I felt appropriate, and I, uh, we did it. And, and, and she was able to write back and said, I knew something was up. I knew you were going through something, and I said, "Back at the time, this is years ago, ten okay. years ago or so." And I said, um, "You know, I apologize for anything I may or may not have done, and and the way I may have may not have treated you, because I couldn't really remember. I was so high all the time during that time that I couldn't remember. I just knew I wasn't the best. You know, I knew I had committed actions that weren't. And this was just recently. Yeah, this, re- this was the last week. That's awesome. And that's, uh, said how cool it, is that? Like this is you've been. And I mean, instead of being fearful, like right away, it was just like, I knew something was wrong and I totally forgive you. Like, you know, it's so awesome. I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad you have a family and this person has a family now and just life goes Anybody on. Anybody not forgive you guys? Like, they're like, screw you. Like, you, I have, you yeah, I have people For that, sure. I have people that like, yeah, don't, still don't. And like, that's a, I think that's a hard concept for anybody to grasp, not just addicts or alcoholics, but especially when you're like, all right, you know, you're nervous. You write, you write them down in step eight. And you, you go and you have all this courage to go meet with them and, and you say, you know, you you basically make your amends and then the response is like, you know, well, I appreciate that. And it's like, well, well, like, didn't you're you, hoping didn't, you're just like, yeah. didn't you play a role in this too? Like, 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 didn't you, you know, do you have anything to say to me? I think that's like a natural yeah. response for, for yeah. a lot of people is like, you know, are you sorry? Your for, yeah. Are you sorry for what you did or? But that's not part of the step, is not it? Not at all. Not at all. But, but it's you just natural. It. You want it, though. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, and that's reaction is you want to make amends and you want it to be both ways. But, like, uh, there's some people that still to this day um, don't invite they'll invite Lexi and our kids over for their, like, birthday parties for their kids. But they don't trust me in their house. They think I'll steal their pills or something, you know. Like, which is a bummer, but it is what it is, dude. If I would have never – at first, I have harbored a lot of anger towards those people. I was like, oh, you call yourself a Christian. You know, you call yourself this. Reality is, like Xander said in the beginning, they have a lot of reason to not trust, you know, because uh, I don't expect them to understand because I didn't understand myself. So how do they understand me? You know, it took and, years and, to understand me. And is it me. possible to forgive you but not trust you still? Is that possible? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. But okay. that's through years. I, a year ago, I probably said different. But I think uh, when you truly uh, forgive someone, those th- you can literally have those types of feelings wiped away. I mean, if my wife is a prime example, right? Lexi wouldn't be with me today if, if she, you know, because otherwise she'd be checking my phone. Well, where are you? Where are you this? You know, she doesn't at all, ever. You know, and yet I have a lot of reason for her to. But that was that. a miracle on her side that like, she that's attested what I'm saying, to, yeah. right? I, so I believe real forgiveness provides you the opportunity to be tr- trust, you know, to trust someone again. All right, I want to ask you Just guys about the action step for step nine. 
love others, refrain from judging others. So there's two things. And then the third, be willing to accept the church calling. And the last one is pay tithes and offerings. I want to talk about the, uh, maybe the judge, uh, let's focus on the be willing to accept church callings. Because Jay, you mentioned a few times that, and you mentioned about the time when you were driving back from uh, a yeah. meeting and you're telling Lexi, I'm, I think I can be sober, but I'm never going to be able to participate in church meeting. Yeah, like, I had those conversations with Xander too, not just my wife, but like I, I didn't think I was meant for anything anymore, let alone church call, like work and success and all that stuff. But I also thought that, uh, okay, cool, like, um, I lo- like I, I'm never going to be – I remember the, specifically driving home with our two little kids in the back. I just talked about this in Ward Conference, but on the drive back from San Clemente, the me- meeting back to L.A. where we were living with the two kids in the car, I was like – I finally got rec- – like I felt like I admitted I was an addict. So I was like, oh, man, this is great. Like I feel free. Like I – that was the first step, right? It was actually admitting even though I've been going for months. I was like, I, I really feel like this is me. Like this is for me. Like uh, this is my home. But I remember also saying at the same time, but I'm sad because I know I'll never, I'll never be able to really be what I was supposed to be. Like I thought my potential was ruined, right? Like so I thought I was like I'll never meet my full creation type thing, and I really felt that way. It was like a real feeling. It wasn't like a Debbie Downer moment. It was like no, I felt that way for months, like months on end. I was just it wasn't even I didn't even think about it. I was just like no. You just parked that in the back. I would just show up, and I'm just meant for a life of mediocrity. About you, Xander, because you mentioned you came home for your mission early. Yep. And then had subsequent uh, battles with addiction. And was there a time when you're like, uh, I'm not going to be able to serve? Like, uh, my potential, that's a deflating when you come I, home for a mission early, right? Like, for sure. church culture, that's. That's like, that's like, yeah, it's a it's an X on your forehead. Yeah. But no, I, I can remember sitting with a bishop, uh, you know, years ago, like maybe seven, eight years ago, and, and sitting across from him and saying, you know, I feel like I'm, I can be, I can do more to help other people outside of the church like I feel like the church I don't feel I guess you could say worthy to serve in the church and um, that's just really how I felt and it and it until basically until I actually started really working a program that was always the same but then when I you know come four and a half years ago when I first went in and met with the singles ward bishop and um, was working in ARP program he called me to be like the FHE coordinator and I remember taking that calling so seriously. I remember going home after the meeting and like looking up like stewardship <laughs> and like the definition of like what a steward is and just feeling like I want to fulfill this calling this is really my first calling in sobriety. Like I want to do a good job fulfilling it. And I feel like I did a good job. In fact, I even Jay knows our old institute director. I won't use any names, but he he was he would do this activity. This was in a singles ward. And so he would do this activity. It was called like a a date auction or whatever mm. where people would bring cans and uh. like you would bid on people for dates and whatever. Cans, like what? Food uh, cans? Yeah, food cans, like soup or, or whatever. And the more cans you brought, the more like money yeah, yeah, yeah. you had? Yeah, yeah, But we would donate the cans, right, to okay. like to, to, you know, the food bank Was or whatever. Was it guys bidding on girls or girls both, bidding on guys? Both, Okay. Both. And yeah, awesome uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I singles remember, ward, right? yeah, singles ward. No, it's married. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know our history. So, <laughs> so I remember like doing this for an FHE, and and me and this institute director, this guy was like, this guy was like one of my greatest influences of me like gaining a testimony. And I remember him pulling me aside when he found out I did that same activity for a family home evening, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Like that's my activity. Oh, you like stole his yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like she's like he's like we were gonna do that in two months from now, and you just did it for FHE. Like family home evening is meant to like just kind of gather together, like have a spiritual thought and 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 leave. And I remember being like, no, 
like I'm fulfilling this calling. Like I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get people there bidding, doing the thing. And, uh, I told them, I'm like straight up. I was like, like, I'm just trying to fulfill the calling to the best of my ability. So anyways, <laughs> that's all. That was, yeah. it was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah it was. Did you get a date out of it? I think I think I, I didn't need did. no auction to get tickets. Jay was getting yeah. Jay was getting bid on all the time. Like, let's, sure. let's be honest. A couple let's cans of soup. Let's be honest. Um, what about the <laughs> uh, judging others? Because uh, that's probably your fear of being judged, right? If you're coming back home, like you talk about the the ex from being a, a missionary that comes home early. Yeah, that sucked. Um, and I was even honorably discharged, right? We both were, right? Like had a paper. Yeah, like, medical I, discharge. Yeah, right? like I literally had a, like a letter written from my mission but, president. But, did, what, but we weren't asked to speak. We weren't asked to like give in homecoming talks. And I've been gone for a year, you know? Like I had like crazy experiences. I was like, I'm a convert. So I'm like looking forward to that moment. Like, and, and probably being a member, you're looking forward to it your whole life even more. And then to get home and they're like, your name's not they didn't actually like say a prayer where's like, my missionary plaque yeah yeah where's my oh yeah <laughs> didn't even get that like what even happened Have you, did like, you ask though no I think I'm I, the last like I would meet with my bishop quite a bit and I remember him I remember seeing it I think it was actually pulled out he was gonna give me this ARP booklet uh-huh. and he opened up his desk <laughs> and your plaque was in there my plaque was in he's like we'll just take that one so I'm sure it's probably still sitting in like that building like in, in buried in a desk with a handful of other plaques it's like yeah it's interesting I mean so those there were moments for both but, how do you, but again we talked a couple of podcasts ago like these bishops like how do you handle it like, yeah. Yeah, no, like I, there's no, I, there's I don't no. know like how to handle it do I give a plaque at the back? moment there's nothing in the man that says, do I give the plaque back? Do totally, to go the full, totally. Like, totally. I don't know. In the for moment, sure. for sure, me and Xander had so many similarities because we were around the same time and, and uh, like a lot was the same. But I, uh, is it working? Yeah, I'm just low on battery. So we got a couple more minutes. Oh my gosh. We're good. Where's the plug? Man, this guy's going to cut us short. Anyways, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And uh, But now like we have nothing but love for all these people. But at the time, we definitely, I know for me, for sure, I'd use those, those things to, to hold harbor hatred and use even harder because like I wasn't ready to be honest on on judging others though I think I think it, you know now that we're kind of short on time like, why is that an important step to have an action step refrain from judging others if you're coming back in recovery and you're doing the step well if we're talking about specifically in recovery or an ARP people when you come in here you'll you'll hear a lot of different stories everyone has different experiences and I think you know food addicts will look at a drug addict and, and be like Oh, I'm not like that person. Like I, I never did that, or, totally. or or vice versa. And even even on the other side, even like, oh my gosh, that person has no idea what addiction is. Like they're addicted to caffeine. Mm-hmm. Like like try slamming you know oxy and up your nose right. and then tell me what an addiction is. Right. And so I think like, like people use addiction. I'm addicted to coke, or I'm at cocaine, or Coca Cola, or I'm addicted to tacos, or yeah, yeah, like I'm that. addicted to all those things. Yeah. <laughs> and but, coke. Yeah. <laughs> and real cocaine. But I think like. I was just always to- told, like, notice the differences, not the similarities. But in the reality is, for me personally, and I think Jay would say this, like, who who am I to judge anybody in but, my But experience? also, like, fortunately, I mean, we do have ARP meetings throughout the world and country that are getting more full-filled rooms. Yeah. But fortunately, many people still live the word. Like, they don't have the problems, yeah. and so they're unaware of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone, it's, it's a weird, like, we, we are surrounded by it. We all know someone, but not for not as close yeah and so as a as a culture a good thing is we're less affected by others even though we are but yet we still don't less affected by addicts addiction yeah so and if we are we're it's like our first time 
experiencing it. So yeah. how do I deal with it? Like, I don't know how to, you know. Yeah, the church has always said, like, don't don't yeah. drink, don't use drugs. So just stop. So, yeah, so just, yeah. Just stop, pray about it. And for some people that works, and many people it doesn't. Uh, and, and, and even then, people self-check out of the church probably once they they start going off. You know, sure. there's like peace, like the guilt that I'm not living, I'm out of here. And yeah. when people, the reality is, is it's not your place as an addict. It's not my place how anybody feels about me. It's not my place whether someone like in the in, in step nine. It's not someone. It's not my place to decide whether or not someone forgives me or they not or they don't. What's what is my required of you what's required of me is is to ask for forgiveness it's to not judge others what do you it's, what's the what's the you say the a thing about keeping your side of the, oh keep keep your side of the street clean like no matter game changing no he matter told me, he no, told me that no matter what someone else is throwing on your side of the street from the other side like the natural reaction is just to to, to throw back but like when you stop throwing back um you know they, they'll eventually they'll stop throwing trash on the street and and that's like so so that could be uh, someone in elders quorum like you're wearing guaranteed. a blue shirt and you're not wearing a tie and, and you smell like this or this or you're and and they're they're throwing dirt at you judging you right but your job is what you're saying is show up to church in your blue shirt if that's what you yeah. if that, you know your and if you're shirt. in a white shirt show up in your white shirt like yeah. just shoot up show up and don't worry about it and, and participate and serve others and, and xander always says too like i mean first of all that piece of advice if you're listening when xander told me that for the first time because i wasn't going to AA in the beginning that was like game changing for my life like not only for my marriage to literally save my marriage like the minute i stopped trying to call lexi and throw stuff at her and, and then all, including my excuses and justifications and trying to win her back, she then called me. And so that literally saved my marriage. But also just in life in general. And um, he talks about, too, uh, he, we've talked about this subject before, of not taking other people's inventory. That's another thing you can take away from this step is it's not our job, like you said, to take other people's inventory. That comes after you do this step, too. Like, say you've done all the 12 steps and you're living your life. I promise you, you're going to have many moments and many opportunities to take someone else like, well, this person's driving the way they're driving, right? You take their inventory. This boss, the way they treat you, well, they shouldn't react this way. They shouldn't do that, right? So you're taking their inventory for them, right? And that's not keeping your side of the street clean. That's giving the adversary, your disease, a place to live and and thrive. And obviously that can create many resentments. And then basically you start. And it all. takes the focus off of you as well. Like, it's why we do it, right? Yeah. We, it, we you, deflect you do it because it's purpose. like, oh, well, this person's doing this and, I, and I'm going to call them out when it's like, Real, reality is like just pull the thumb, buddy. Quit, quit pointing the finger. Pull the thumb. I guarantee you can find a couple things that you every need to change day. in yourself every single day. Every day, I yeah. could be filled. If I wanted to, on my knee, I could. My prayers could go for four hours. Cause I'm like, dude, think of the things I did today. Like, even though they're not as naughty as they used to be, they're definitely not as dirty as that. But I tell you what, there's still a lot of moments where I'm taking other people's inventory almost on a daily. Still, this day, it's not as not a thing. I'm definitely even close to having hammered out but it definitely did this step at individually by itself and then now it's given me the opportunity to continue working it if that Beautiful. makes sense yep well we'll end because the very last sentence in this uh action step says eventually abstinence and changed behavior will speak for themselves so sometimes that's like, for, like those uh, people I mean, that still did, don't forgive how yeah. long did xander did it feel like that your abstinence and your changed behavior started to speak for themselves was there a pe time period and be thinking about it, jay um time period like, i don't know about time like like i think like, like was there a time you're like okay I, like i think once like i hit a year for me like because that's something i'd never done before i had hit i had three months and gone out i had six months and gone out but once i had hit a year i think my family and and the people close to me started kind of giving me um 
I don't know what the term is. They started maybe their trust back. Okay. But then outside of my family, I, it, it's not so much the time as it is like the other the other half of that is was it service? Is that what it said? Um, just time? change behavior. So yeah, abstinence and change behavior. And change behavior is just basically what you're doing with your life. Abstinence is just. It's just the first part of it. Like just, what you do once you're absent is what is actually going to be the difference. So, so how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was, like I said, my wa- it was more so with my wife, but she had friends that uh, didn't want her to come back to me, and rightfully so. They cared about her, right, and they cared about our children and their life. And a lot of them didn't expect her to ever want to – like she was filling out divorce papers. They knew that. And so uh, there were some – not all. There's still some that are still don't want anything to do with me, and that's fine. Yeah, it took me a while to deal with that, but like it's fine now. I'm okay with it. But like uh, there was a few that specifically after a couple years, you know, a year, a couple years, we're doing well. We're living in, you know, like life, not only spiritually, but monetary is better. Like, you know, actions are speaking louder than words. And uh, they see the words on Facebook, but now they're starting to see it. They've right. actually come up to me at our house, like at our house with our kids there and their kids playing with our kids. And, Kate, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I'm so proud. Like, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're doing good. Sorry. I, I'm glad I didn't tell, you know, I'm. I'm sorry I told Lexi not to come back type thing. And that, that, those that, that are moments. That takes a lot are, of them. Like, uh, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. I, I think there was probably, I could probably say, and Jay would attest to this, that I was probably one of his hardest critics. Um, you were a critic of Jay? For sure. Because okay. me and Jay, we'd had a, 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 lot a, pretty, a lot of history. And so I, I think just kind of to add to that is like, when you see Jay and all the good that he does in the community and, and, and for me to kind of be a part of, of experiences of, of trying to help other people like Jay dedicates a lot of time and, and effort to helping other people who are struggling like who couldn't get behind that no matter what Jay's history is or what what transgressions you you feel like he's made against you like that's why I think people are eventually come around with through living amends is because like who doesn't like a comeback story and like if Jay hasn't come back then who has you know what I mean so and but don't wow. pat yourself on the back too, Xander, because wow. you no, participate sure. a lot in multiple <laughs> meetings and lots of people. I give him credit so. for most of my early like I didn't have before I had a legit sponsor with the steps. Xander's the one who taught me I, the principles of the whole entire program, hands down. There was no one that was by my side at that time but him. I, the, I think we both feel the same way. Just we were God put us both at that time at that same place, and we probably wouldn't be here without having that kind of camaraderie early on. So, well, Amen. let's end with a hug with each other. Oh, aloha hugs, brothers. got to shake hands. Brothers got to hug. All right. Well, we'll end there. Thanks, Xander, for uh, being here on Thanks that. Thanks for having you. And uh, have a good night. All right. Boom.
Give him shelter in the hollow of thy 